Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Hello. How's everybody so, doing? Good, by, man. By everybody, I mean you. Yeah, good. <laughs> staying, staying hydrated. Staying hydrated. You know, I've gotten so many comments haircut. on that. Oh. Yeah. On, on what? Not not your haircut. On our last episode with not drinking water. The water people drinking? Have that many people have listened to it already? I mean, we have thousands of followers. Yeah. Millions. Um millions include thousands. But it's not even a brotherly care for me. It's like a <laughs> reprimand. Like, you know your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit and you're destroying <laughs> it. I'm like, throwing oh down first Corinthians. Gosh, so. I was like, okay, I'll try to be better at drinking water. I mean, and then Nikki that's... just reiterates and be like, I've told you this. I told you. <laughs> I was like, uh, it's that's, that's, I will say that is uh <laughs> you'll say what? <laughs> that's a strong sparkling, water. strong move, sparkling, delicious spin drift. Yeah. You introduced me to those the other day. Excellent. Real lemon and lime juice. If they want to sponsor us, we will happily promo them on mm. every episode uh, f- until we get tired of it, which we would never because they're so great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's strong to throw in uh, first Corinthians like that and be, like temples of the holy spirit technically true but like he's talking about something a little different than staying people use and abuse that verse so often anything tattoos temple temple of the holy spirit this temple of the holy spirit you know eating dessert temple of the holy spirit really oh you don't hear that a lot no nobody nobody has these real conversations with me I'm just besides me. I'm just living in this in this sheltered bubble. People wherever. just talk about wubbinubs instead, and they're just like, <laughs> "That was great." Okay, let's get into it. Today's our question right. edition, and also we have some big news, people. Ooh. Ah, hit the right, hit the right My drop. Prize from the game <laughs> last time. Um, so we've pretty much completed a whole season. We've been doing this pretty much week in week out for over a year now and uh season mm. one this is the last episode of season one we are not uh finishing or stopping the podcast but no. we are going to take a few weeks off to just recollect ourselves pray give attention to our real jobs you know things like that and yeah. let our listeners get caught up and so in the process we want to encourage you um still submit those questions and who knows we might you know, have some new uh, fun things coming in season two. Like a Patreon account. So plan your budget according. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're not actually going down that road not yet. 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 <laughs> yet. <laughs> so the the real secret is we need to wait to hear, you know, we don't even know if you're going to be here. The segments. Yeah. The assignments coming up. Yeah. So if people don't know our pastor retiring, and technically, you when you were assigned here, you got what a letter from the bishop that said indefinite amount of time. And so my expectation forever, yeah, forever. <laughs> so my my expectation has has been throughout the year that with getting a new pastor at Saint Anne, it would make a lot of sense if I stayed here uh, for a third year, which would not be unusual as parochial vicar. So Rev Kev, will, he was here three years. Rev Kev of blessed memory. 
<laughs> no. It sounds normally, like he died. <laughs> yeah, that's normally what you say. When Rev Kev, I mean, we got to tag you on this somehow. I, I don't he's know He's deep in the in the pit of the seminary. Like, you know, I just he, don't see him. He like told I me used something to. that I was shocked at. What's that? And I'm just gonna reveal it. But like, you know, he has to talk to young men and be like, hey. You know, you need to like use deodorant or you need to like mm, life yeah. skills. Oh, that's right. College age kids. Like, cause it's their first year. He deals with first years. And I was shocked when he was like, oh, I have to tell young men to like put on deodorant or wear closed toed shoes and like, yeah, yeah. Not European as, sandals as that, or things like that. Well, I mean, he's the king of flip flops. <laughs> He is the king of uh, dicky shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> this actually, we're not doing the question edition. We're, we're just doing... talking about Father Kevin this entire episode. Yeah. So I love If you've Father never Kevin. met him, by the end, you'll feel like you have. Yeah, yeah. I told you the story about Greatness. the pow-pow fish, right? No, I never heard about Okay, pow, so there's pow, this fish. book, The Pow-Pow Fish, and it's about this fish who's pouting, yada, yada. But pout, then, pout. I pout, thought you said pow-pow. Like, no, no, pout-pout. Like from a comic book, like bam. Pow. Like the old Batman. Pow, pow. pow. Wham. No. Um, pout, pout fish. And then in the end, it's like, oh, the pout, pout fish spreading dreary, weary all over the place. And he pouts, blub, 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 blub. Something like that. But then the end, he cheers up and it's, oh, the kiss, kiss fish with a kiss, kiss face spreading oh. cheery, weary all over the place. And he smooch, and he smooch, and he smooch. And so... <laughs> When Dolph was like real young, Father Kevin was reading this book and we always do it when we would read it to him, you know, we would kind of like tickle him and smooch, you know, and he grabs <laughs> Father Kevin by the beard. He's like sitting on our couch in our home and he's like, and he smooch and he just plants one on Father Kevin's lips. I never saw a man like just freeze so much than like <laughs> oh, not knowing what to do. It was amazing. So Rev Kev, you. He's like, save it, Marvin. <laughs> exactly. He's like. I was like, this is amazing. Anyway, um, okay, let's yeah. jump into it. Um, let's start with this. Hey, fellas, longtime fan, probably a year, that means. Um, I'm not talking something deep, but what are some funny fears that you all have in life? So they're not talking like, Yeah, no, I, I yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, they're not existential talking like, fears. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I got one. Uh, I don't know if I still have this, but I did as a kid. Um, I had an irrational fear of sharks. Sharks are scary. I lived on an island, surrounded by the ocean, surrounded by sharks, surrounded by sharks. But funny thing about Bermuda is that the uh, the Barrier Reef keeps the sharks out. Like, there's never ever because it's too shallow no they just can't get in through the reef somehow cruise ships can but sharks can't i was like wait. it has to do with the the warm and cold water it has also to do with this thing called the bermuda triangle yeah, and they got lost get, in the yeah. triangle so <laughs> anyway it's extremely rare like once in a decade or something to ever see a shark inside the reef there's a lot outside the reef but i had this fear of sharks for a while when i was a kid and when I say irrational, I don't just mean like when I was swimming in the ocean in Bermuda, I would, <laughs> I would like look around. I mean like, like on land in a pool. 
That's amazing. I would jump in the pool and then all of a sudden be like, what if a shark's there? <laughs> just jump right back out. And I don't know what it was. And, it, it and you love swimming. I, I do, don't think yeah. people know that about you. You're a big, you're no, a big I, swimmer. I like to swim. Um, I grew up swimming because, you know, Bermuda, that whole thing. Uh, we swam in uh, school as one of our sports. Listen, um, follow-up question, yeah. sub-addendum B or C to this question that's not in here. Is it just like a Texas thing? These kids go to swim school. Do you remember being, t- like, my parents tossed me in something, and, like, I had to learn Shark to swim, waters. or, like, they taught me. Do you remember this, like, we're going to go to, like, swim lessons and that type of thing? I I, I think I did go to swim lessons, and... Now, I, I was in Houston until I was six uh, before we moved to Bermuda. So mm. maybe I did there. But I think last time I was home. We got to get Mama Vector on the phone. Yeah, maybe it was over a, a family call or something that they were cleaning out some stuff in the house. And they found like my brothers. I have these twin brothers who are younger than me by about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out <laughs> uh, Eric shout and Andrew. Out. But um but we found their old like swim certificate, and I don't know if that was through school or if that was through like a swim school in, but it's definitely in Bermuda, and they failed on some categories, and so we were making fun of them. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember swim school at all. It's like a huge I'm, thing now. It's like you send your kids to somebody. I, I I don't know, and I'm not. I'm not against it. Obviously, I know a lot of people have pools here. You need to be careful. People drowning oh, yeah. and all that. No, but no, no. I, sure. I totally get the reason why. It's just a new... Like, you grew up on Bermuda. Yeah. I grew up at the Jersey Shore. Like, right. places where you swim a lot yeah. in large bodies of water that we're not talking a confined pool. And I never remember being like, you're going to this person to learn. It was kind of just an acquired thing thing that happened over time i yeah. feel like i i feel like i've always been able to swim um since the womb <laughs> yeah and oh i actually i do have a, a memory of swimming around in the pool in the public pool in uh houston before we moved um and of my this dad like sandlot back in and, the day like yeah if a memory of my dad like flinging us way up in the air and then us falling in the pool and it being the greatest thing so I definitely knew how to swim. And the before. family video is you going up like two inches. <laughs> yeah, but it felt like a thousand feet. Um, I, I also want to qualify something I just said. I I love to swim. I've always been swimming, all that. But if you happen to ever see me swim, I'm, I'm not like a competitive swimmer. Like I had friends who swam yeah. uh, on like the Bermuda uh, sort of swim, team. you know, national team and oh, stuff like okay. that. Okay. Soft uh, flex. Yeah, pretty uh, friends. A lot of my friends did. Um, even, so, even I don't know, stronger <laughs> flex. But um, I I was never never like that. I can swim across a lake and uh, st- like I learned how to do things long distance swimming. But right. I don't look like, um, you know, Michael Phelps or something. <laughs> I don't um, think anybody <laughs> thought that. <laughs> Just in case you get confused. <laughs> All right, I'll go to my fear. Um, (laughs) Since moving to Texas, 
man, walking in woods and even now, like I have an irrational fear of snakes. Mm. It's like if somebody says, hey, that's a snake and it's not poisonous, I'll put it, you know, on my arms, around my neck, toss it in the air. Well, we had a snake party for Dom one year where this um, um, dad of a teen, awesome guy, um, his email actually is for goodness snakes and um, at gmail.com and they do parties where they bring these animals around like bearded uh, dragon bearded lizard and snake snakes and all these things Mm. like that. I was like, okay, this isn't poisonous. So if Mm -hmm. it bit me, I'm good. But there's a lot of rattlesnakes and water moccasins. Copperheads. Copperheads. I'm like, so especially with all the rain and the pipes bursting and all that stuff, I had to stick my hand in these water things like of being like turning off. And I was like, there's a snake in there. I know it. And there was a branch in there and it brushed up against my hands and it came out like, I mean, I was ready to like (laughs) inject, like start sucking out the blood, anti-venom, like call 911 and... Then I saw there was no bite and shined a flashlight in and saw a stick and I never told that story. So now Nikki will make fun of me. That's when I amazing. Get home, so. you, you didn't even tell it to Nikki? No. Did you do like one of those sort of like hard jump plus oh. dog we- yelp kind of thing? Like, oh, whoop. I was like, <laughs> no, it was a full on like, ha, ha, <laughs> like, oh, like, okay. because you got to, you know, you got to beat the shock so that you don't get all. That's what you're supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're yeah, thinking yeah, clearly yeah. there. You got to <laughs> beat the shock. Um, so snakes. Snakes. Okay, what about when you see, like, I've noticed going on walks around the neighborhoods uh, after these rains, there's these little snakes, which could just be big worms. I'm not really sure. Kind of dead on the sidewalk sometimes. Mm-hmm. No. You're, you're not You're not. No, it's, it's more those. the action of going into the hand. unknown. Could you ever? Could you ever do this? Because, uh, yeah. Could you ever uh, noodle for catfish? You know what that is? Yeah, it's where you put your arm in and they bite onto your arm and you pull your arm out, right? Yeah. Why would someone do that? Because you can catch a big old catfish that way. And you can't with bait? <laughs> I think it's actually more effective this way. No. We but need you to can get also a lose a finger to a snapping turtle. Um, oh, really? Yeah. No, those things are uh, Do you like... Clinch your you yeah you got to you got to clinch anyway but like but they could just they're they're pretty vicious and I don't know I don't know if you'd ever find a snake in one of those holes but that that's the kind of experience have you you're done this about. no I just like to pretend I have I kind of want to have done it a lot growing up was... but <laughs> but I never did yeah I. Wouldn't it be awesome to be like the guy who grew up doing the yoke? Yeah, whatever. I did that all the time. It would be up. cool, but also when you I might watch not have TV fingers. shows like like back in the day, like Steve Irwin, who would do those things like open crocodiles' mouths and like like yeah. I'm like why? Of blessed memory. Yeah. So actually okay. great things. Next hmm. question. It's a little heavier. <laughs> so <laughs> to go from fears to this. Um yeah, I'm really struggling with this question, guys. This is anonymous, by the way. Um, why do bad things happen? You know, especially things like children getting cancer, kids being killed, crazy stuff like that, um, or even you know, emotional abuse. Um, I just really struggle with this, and would like your thoughts on it. The only yeah. thing I'll say, uh, I'll turn it over to you because, I mean, I don't mean this actually in any mean way. Um, 
people like to hear the comforting words of a priest in this situation. Yeah. I will just toss out though, to start the conversation. Um, yeah, the, it was not designed like this. <laughs> like it was yeah. designed to be perfect, you know, and, and sin entered the world. And I, I have to remind myself that when I've had former teens in youth ministry who have passed away, I've, you know, had a child who's yeah. passed away. I, I've experienced deep loss in my life and I always have to go back and say, this is not what was intended. And to know in the promise that we have in fulfillment of life, you know, later on, it doesn't make it easy in the moment. It doesn't make no. it okay. Um, and that God can take whatever emotions or feelings were, you know, needing to share in those times. Mm -hmm. What do you got? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a <laughs> pretty, that's the big question. Um, the problem with evil. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I would take what you said, mm -hmm. uh, which I do think is a good starting point. Um, and then I would add a couple other ingredients to it and kind of stir it around and see what, what happens with it. Um, one of the ingredients would be that all throughout the scriptures, um, we're told that God does not create evil, uh, that he doesn't do evil, that he's not capable of doing evil, that he's perfect, all good. Mm. And, um, that evil comes from us or it comes from circumstance, um, depending on what we're talking about, right? Sin comes from us. Sin doesn't come from circumstance. Mm -hmm. But, you know, natural disasters and illnesses and things like that don't come from us. They come from circumstance. Right. Um, but God's not over there creating all that either. And so it's, it's a question that's asked throughout the Bible. Like that's part of the big question of the Bible is, is what is, why does God allow this to happen? And there's, there's really not a better book in the old Testament anyway, than the book of Job uh, for dealing with that. And we had an incredible class. Um, one of the most sort of spiritual biblical classes, like, like down to earth and just mm. meaningful classes is taught by this, this lady, uh, uh, Dottoressa Bruna Costa, Costa, Costa Corta, Costa Corta, yeah. Um, and she's on the Pontifical Biblical Commission right now. Um, just pretty, pretty big, <laughs> pretty big deal. Um, her class was incredible, and uh, we spent a lot of time on Job in Italian. Jobbe, <laughs> Jobbe, so kind of like this <laughs> sort of grandma type thing going, nice. and she'd be like Jobbe, um. The way she would tell the stories in Job and draw mm. out kind of what's going on there theologically was, yeah. it's something that's tough to summarize. And I think that's true of the answer to this question as well, because it is kind of an experiential answer more than a theoretical answer. Like in the book of Job, you have Job being like, I didn't do anything wrong. Why is all this happening to me? And then everybody being like, you must have done something wrong because that's the only way this stuff happens. And he's like, nope, 
I didn't. And then at the end, God says, nope, he didn't. And then... <laughs> wow, you just spoiled the entire book <laughs> yeah, for everybody. Spoiler. <laughs> and, and, but then at the end, like, this is the most important part of the book. Before even the the very, very end where he's right. like, you know, Job's friends, you were in the wrong. This man uh, was righteous and committed no sin. Now ask him to pray for you. Right. But before that part, you have the most important part, which is when God actually confronts Job uh, and he speaks to him out of the whirlwind and there's these two stages and he starts off with like this kind of where were you when I created the heavens and the earth and and Job's like I get it I get it okay yeah I wasn't and he's like no 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 really where were you (laughs) And, and he leads him on this tour and we can read it as kind of a an aggressive sort of hostile like God yeah God you can also and this is something that Dr. Dottoressa Costa Corta um, brought out, <laughs> Bruna uh, brought out in her class. You can also read it as God is as like a, a loving father who's who's saying like, okay, now you need to see. Um, and he leads him on this little sort of like tour through a zoo, basically, mm-hmm. of all the incredible things that God has made and all these things which are completely unknown to man and which man has no power over and these, you know, the monster Leviathan, I, I held it up by a fish hook, basically, um, noodled, noodled. <laughs> noodled. and, um, and then sort of Job ends with, with saying like, like I repent. Um, and then God kind of comes back for another pass mm-hmm. and is like, He's like, no, 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 we're going through this again. I want you to experience this again. And then Job says those most important lines, like, before I'd heard of you, but now I've seen. Mm. And somehow that's satisfying to Job, right? We hear that and we're like, that's not an answer (laughs) uh, to this problem of evil. But like that experience of God there is like, that somehow is the answer. That's the thing that satisfies Job in this before I'd only heard of you, uh, but now I've seen with my eyes. Right. Um, and when you take that and then you move it into uh, the New Testament, and uh, and you you put it, you see it map onto Christ on the cross for us, God Himself becoming one of us to prove to us um, His great love for us. Then it's, I mean. It is. It's. It's a tough thing to just sum up in a satisfactory way in a theoretical, right, uh, sort of formula. Um, this is the answer to the problem of evil. The answer seems to be that, like, for whatever reason, this stuff happens, mm. but that God is wants to come down into it with us, and so somehow, instead of like preventing it, that's always our question: Why right. does Why does God allow this to happen? And he doesn't answer that directly. His answer is, well, I'm there with you. And I took it all on myself. And uh, I want you to experience my presence in the midst of this. And that's going to be transformative like it was for Job. Yeah. Um, I, I know, you know, the that that resonates in some way with 
my experience of evil in my life and of God's saving redemption and the evil that's come about through my own sinfulness as well as through the tragedy from circumstance, uh, both kinds of evil. Um, I, I know that there's, that there is a depth of answer that has to go beyond, um, a, a formula like, Oh, if I just understand this thing, right? Like that's the answer. I never thought of it. It's, it's something much more experiential. Um, that I think is tied up with the mystery of faith. Um, I think it's something we're yeah. always going to struggle with for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before on the podcast. We'll probably always talk about it and it's never going to be easy. And when we get to heaven, hopefully God willing face to face, we can ask God then, you know, <laughs> Yeah. but also he's placed people in our lives that um, I just share this. I think at one point after Kiara's death, um, for those who don't know, our, our daughter had an undiagnosed heart condition. She passed away when she was 16 days old. Um, I mean, struggling with it is an understatement, but um, I prayed a beautiful novena, Mary, undoer of knots. And it's a beautiful novena where I just asked the Lord to, um, you hold an intention where you ask the intercession of Our Lady to bring forward to her son, Jesus Christ, to say, undo this knot in my life, this thing that is just holding me down. And I think it was the idea of, I need to know why this happened, Mm. you know, like just undo this for me, Lord, that I can, I can be like Job and say, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord, um, that I don't need the answer. And I think sometimes as an American, as Americans, we need to know the answer why. Right. Um, instead of understanding the journey is a lot bigger. Yeah. And, and we've talked before about how part of that need to know the answer kind of drives sometimes people who want to help to give like an overly facile mm-hmm. answer or superficial answer. Yep. Um, being like, well, you know, God only does this to permit a greater good and everything works for the good for those who love God. And like these, it's very much sort of like Job's friends who are saying theologically true things, more yeah. or less. Um, but not helpful. But not moment. helpful and not really applying. I drank too much water just now. Um, <laughs> and not really <laughs> applying to the situation in, in a yeah. helpful way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good starting point. It, it's a very deep thing that, I mean, continue press into it. Send send your questions with it. You know, uh, it's it's a good it's a good topic. You know, like <clears throat> we need to be able to ask these tough questions. Yeah. Like sometimes uh, somebody uh, grabbed me after mass at Father Henry's thing and was like, "I've wanted to ask this, but I just feel like it's a stupid question." Or you know, you guys don't want to talk about this, and I'm like, "No, I." I feel it's a fundamental problem right now in our church that we don't ask the questions and yeah. we say, Oh, we should know this, or I feel dumb for asking this. No question is too small. So we'll end on a fun note. Two questions. <laughs> One is, um, this is also anonymous. I, I, I think it's funny that the funny ones are anonymous <laughs> that somebody won't claim. <laughs> right. them. Cause I'd be like, this is funny. I'm going to ask this. <laughs> are you guys, Back, side, or belly sleepers? Side. Mm. Versus, when a kid uh, side climbs slash in my side bed. Side belly. Sometimes okay. I'll do side yeah, yeah, belly. Yeah. 
when a kid climbs in my bed, I'm a side sleeper <laughs> when, um, uh, but I prefer the belly. Really? Just straight up? Just, that's how I would climb into bed and lay down. Wow. When I was little, mom told me that I would be like a back sleeper and just like have sort of the hands up, like <laughs> I surrender kind of thing in the crib going like, on. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like the side belly, sort of like, you know, slanted over the arm kind of thing, mm. but just straight up belly sleeper. Yeah. Feels kind of suffocating to me just imagining it. No. It's <laughs> no, great. It's life giving. <laughs> Except for the life fact giving. that all these years of doing it, I kind of feel I've like pinched nerves by my hands being under the pillow and like mm. sometimes wake <laughs> them up, wake up and they're like numb. But that's not for our listeners to worry about. You no. know, so, you know, um, <clears throat> but okay. And last but not least, who you guys got in the NBA finals? Gosh. Last Did night you see we that watched. The Lakers? Oh my gosh. We, so everybody. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, last night we were watching the game together, yeah. and just Golden well, State was going off on three pointers and just crushing yeah. it. And then I you left leave. at halftime, felt secure in Golden State's defense, and Steph Curry was starting to light up. And then just earlier today, check the replay or check the you know final the, score, final score, and and one hundred three one hundred. I'm and like LeBron what? James hits this ridiculous Happened. three as a buzzer beater to win. It was infuriating. What is happening? Yeah, so uh, not the Lakers. Anybody? Definitely the Mavs. That's who I have. Uh, I mean, that's really, who I though, want. That's no, that's yeah, who I don't think want. they're ready yet, but um, but they are exciting to watch. That's definitely who I want. I can't really root for anyone else in good conscience, and definitely not. <laughs> Either one of the LA teams, isn't the number one seed though? Uh, on the in the East, mm. it's the Sixers, right? Who I'm finally happy, hey, right? About trust Philly. the process. That's right. And fire your coach when you don't trust the process. <laughs> yeah, and then until on you the <laughs> West Coast, isn't it the Jazz? Are they? Is the it number? really? I thought I read I, that. I have not kept it, up. It's kind of be fun. Closely. I feel like to see one of those teams that just hasn't made like Jazz Nuggets. Yeah, no, you know, I could, something I could like that. Pull if for it wasn't the teams. Mavericks, yeah. Mavericks, Mavericks, Sixers. That would be great. Let's do that it. That would be great. East meets South. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. Well, that was great. So, hey, during this break, everybody, make sure to submit your questions. Prodigalinthepriest at gmail.com. St. Anne Parish slash PTP. Stay um, subscribed to our stuff so you know when we come back. <laughs> yeah, when you know we come back. And just keep reading those show notes and everything that we... Uh, <laughs> We give you all. And, I should uh, just let you do the outro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we love you all. We thank you for listening to the podcast. And just behalf of uh, Joey Scancella, Father Paul, one year in the books. Take care. God bless. <laughs>